Well, good morning again, Lakeview Church. It's so good to be with you, and I've been so looking forward to this day. I've been planning uh, this particular series for several months now and been working on putting different groups of people together that you're going to get to hear from all throughout the month of December. And I want to just tell you a little bit about the series, especially if you're new here. Typically during this time of the service, we would have a person sharing a message with the congregation. But what we wanted to do during the month of December is really give you an opportunity not just to hear from one voice, but to hear from several voices and to hear from people in our church body, people that you uh, fellowship with on a weekly basis as part of our church. And so each week we'll have a different group of people who are up here and uh, they're going to have an opportunity to share around a theme or topic related to the Christmas season. And our hope for this series really is threefold. One, we hope that you will, in this series, have some conversations that you can carry with you into your kitchen as you're doing your holiday baking or around your dining room table as you're sharing a family meal or a meal with some friends or uh, maybe just sitting by the tree at night, uh, just enjoying the Christmas decorations. Maybe some of these conversations will come up in those places and the conversations themselves will enrich your holiday experience. So our hope is at least that. But more than that, we hope that you will in this series uh, discover a little bit more about Christmas, its meaning, its message, and its impact in our lives. And our hope and prayer is that uh, through these conversations, maybe something that's said, maybe, maybe a story that's told or, or something that someone shares would just impact you in a personal way and it would make your holiday celebration this year a little more meaningful and a little more profound. And then thirdly, and this maybe is just a personal thing that I've been praying for each and every one of you during this series, is that uh, during this part of the service, you'd just be able to sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. And you ought to be able to do that because you're out there. <laughs> you're not up here like these guys. So, so they're, they're a, little, a little stressed right now. It's okay. Um, you guys can just relax. It's our, our Christmas gift to you, okay? So you relax. We'll, we'll be the nervous ones up here. Um, I want to take an opportunity just to introduce you to the, those who are going to be sharing with us today. So all the way across from me is Lori Moore, and most of you will know her. Lori has basically been a part of this church her entire life, and uh, so you've likely seen her around. Lori serves as a member of our church board, does an excellent job in that role. And then out in the community, her day-to-day her -day job is working for Needham Story Wampner Funeral Home. And she just does such an amazing job coming alongside of families who are dealing with grief and just ministers to them in that way. And we're so grateful to have Lori serving out in our community in that way, but also as a part of our congregation. Next to Lori is Ned McGrady. Ned has been a missionary, uh, and him and his wife Marlene both serve at World Gospel Mission. They are obviously not on the mission field right now. They're here with us, and what they do is a really important ministry. They actually help with what we call member care or missionary support. So they are actually coming alongside missionaries who are on the field providing support and care and pastoral shepherding, and we're so grateful to have them as part of our church. And if you don't see them every Sunday, it's because they're somewhere in the world helping take care of missionaries. So, uh, and I know they would appreciate your prayers for that. 
Next to Ned is someone who needs no introduction, uh, Pastor Jessica Foles. Uh, you guys know her. Uh, Pastor Jessica does so many different things around here, from leading our, all of our global engagement initiatives as a church to also overseeing all of our graphic design and communication efforts. But I think the most important contribution that Pastor Jessica makes to our church is just being willing to share her gift of preaching and teaching with us as she communicates the word of God. And we're so grateful for her. And then sitting right next to me is Keaton Stout. Keaton is from Wabash, Indiana, and uh, he is a student at Indiana Wesleyan University. He's actually preparing to be a pastor, just recently joined our church as a member, and uh, we're excited to have him as part of our church body now, and we're excited to journey with him as he makes these preparations to become a full-time minister uh, for the church. So welcome. Thank you guys for agreeing to do this. I didn't have to twist your arms too hard, um, but so grateful to have you guys with us. And to get us started, just love for you guys maybe to share, uh, you know, when you get to the holiday season, there are lots of things that we do. Maybe there's foods we make or there's different things that we do. Uh, one of the things that I think is part of many of our holiday traditions is watching movies or TV specials. Do you guys have a favorite movie or TV special that you're like every year this is what the holidays means for me. I always watch this movie or I always watch this show. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a white Christmas girl. <laughs> watch white Christmas every year for as long as I can remember. Okay. And because I love the music, I love just the, the funny people in yeah. it, and I have passed that love on to my children. In fact, my oldest daughter uh, had her first baby on December 8th, and in labor, she was watching White Christmas. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's one that we love. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> For me, it's, uh, I remember, I think I was five years old when it was first released, but uh, Charlie Brown and the Christmas yeah. Story. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that one has always stuck out in my mind as one that yeah. uh, I like. Yeah, that's great. I like Elf. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not really like a like a huge Will Ferrell fan all the time, but I like Elf. It's just, it's funny and and I I don't know. It's just a fun movie. It's hard to believe Elf has been out for 20 years. Yeah. Yikes! It's amazing. Like, <laughs> seems like it seems like a newer movie, but 20 years. So I guess I'm saying something about <laughs> my age. So. Keaton, you got one? Yeah, I would say A Christmas Carol. Okay. Specifically, Jim Carrey's version because it's the closest to Charles Dickens' book. Uh, okay. But I'm I'm old school, I guess, with with uh, okay. Christmas Carol. That could spark some heavy debate in the congregation. If you like Christmas Carol, you probably have a version you like, and it might not be the one Keaton just said. So <laughs> you might be the George C. Scott version. I think there's like a Star Trek version with Jean-Luc Picard or whatever his name is. So you guys know what I'm talking about. So when you guys think about movies or shows that you watch, do you have a, a favorite character? And it might be from your favorite movie. It might not be. It might be from another movie, but kind of a character that for you helps you think about Christmas or feel in the Christmas spirit. Yeah, I, I think of uh, when I when I say Charlie Brown in that, it's actually Linus in that, in that show um, yep. that, that grabs my attention. Yep. Um, and particularly at the point where, uh, of course, Charlie Brown's searching for the meaning of Christmas, and it comes down to, to the end, and Charlie Brown in his frustration just cries out to Linus, does anyone know the real meaning of Christmas? 
and he says, I can tell you. And those of us who've seen that, and probably most of us, we hear the, the Gospel of Luke being shared yeah. uh, and, uh, and, and him telling the real meaning of Christmas. But the reason that character sticks out to me uh, is if you ever notice when Linus starts reading or quoting uh, th that Christmas message, um, there is a point when he talks about the angels coming mm -hmm. and for them to fear not. And I don't know if you guys have ever watched it or seen it, but you know what he does with his security blanket? He throws it down. Mm -hmm. And that's always spoken to my heart, uh, that uh, we don't need to fear when he throws down his security blanket. I've never noticed that before, but I have always noticed when he says shepherds, his blanket is in the form of a shepherd's oh, staff. Okay. And so... So, man, there's lots of meaning in that blanket. I'm going to have to watch that. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I'll have to watch it again. Someone's paying attention to their job. <laughs> Mine it is not that great. <laughs> it's just not. When I think of well, I, I'm a Christmas, I love all Christmas movies. Claymation ones, the, the, the animated ones, all of them. The old ones, black and white, the new ones. But when you ask a character, I immediately do this. I'm Mr. Green, Christmas, I'm Mr. Sun. I'm Mr. Heat, Blister, I'm Mr. 101. They call me Heat Miser, whatever I touch starts to melt in my clutch. But um, bump, bump, I'm too much. <laughs> It's the year without Santa Claus. He just, you know, it, he's not my favorite character, but I, but when I see he and his brother Snow Miser and all that they go through in the year without a Santa Claus, they're very selfish people. Yeah. They're very selfish. They're all about me, mm -hmm. which I think we can relate to that yeah. in lots of ways. It's all about us, mm -hmm. but in the end, it's redeeming, and uh, they work together and they put them their own ideas aside. And Santa Claus comes. <laughs> By show of hands, how many of you have absolutely no idea what movie she's talking about? You missed out. You guys now all have an assignment to go watch this movie. So, uh, and I think we have a copy of it at our house if you need to see it. You'll have to find a DVD player if you know Snow has so. his own song too. Yes. I won't sing it to you. Good. How about you guys? Uh, you have one? Yeah, I actually... I don't know if we ever get his name in the movie, but the, the boy from the Polar Express, the one that wears the, the blue uh, robe. Uh, and the reason for that is we see in the opening of the film, like he's searching through the drawers. He's really trying to figure out, is Santa Claus real? And he goes on the whole wild journey through the Polar Express, and he gets to that point where he finally understands that you know seeing isn't always believing, but believing is actually seeing. Mm -hmm. And he gets that little bell to remind him that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That character has just always stuck out to me as he travels that journey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same vein a little bit. I think of like the girl from uh, Miracle on 34th Street, mm -hmm. and and I also think of Elf, Buddy. You know? <laughs> but I, I feel like just they're watching their journey of joy and their journey of like, like figuring out why they love Christmas. I mean, for Buddy the Elf, it's kind of obvious he just loves everything about Christmas. Um, but for the little girl and watching how she just has like wonder and and excitement about the holiday by the end and and just watching watching just kind of joy as like a little kid about about christmas mm -hmm. so.
That's good. When you guys think about all the movies and shows maybe that you watch that kind of make up this season, um, what do you think are some of the things you've learned from those movies or shows that have helped you understand Christmas better? So it could be a theme, could be a lesson, could be an idea. I know, like for me, I, I always think about It's a Wonderful Life, which is probably my favorite Christmas movie. And I just love the story of George Bailey because kind of an impactful life snuck up on him. He, he wasn't thinking he was making it. He made all these big dreams. He was going to go out and see the world, do all this stuff. But he ended up staying home in this small town, Bedford Falls. And, and, and I think about the fact that uh, sometimes an uh, impactful life does require grand gestures, but 99% of the time, it just requires showing up and being faithful in the community where God has placed you. And that seems to be an important lesson, I think, from that movie. Do you guys have lessons like that that come to mind from movies you've watched? Yeah, I would have to go straight back to the Christmas Carol with Scrooge. Uh, we see at the beginning, we, we get the grumpy old miser of Scrooge who's always greedy and holds things to himself. And I think the lesson to be learned there is the season of Christmas isn't about you. It's actually about others in that giving away to, to everyone else around you instead of holding it in like Scrooge does. So, yeah. Mine goes back to White Christmas. You've got Wallace and Davis. You know, they've been on the road. They're ready to take a break, you know, and they go uh, to this inn, and they realize that it's their general, that they, you know, General Waverly. And his inn, Vermont, has no snow. And now all the people aren't going to come, and his, his inn is going to fail and, and everything. And they set aside their, their time of rest, and they bring their whole show to Vermont. And they put on this amazing show, unbeknownst to General Waverly, to, um, and, and to me it just teaches that it's the season of giving. <laughs> it's the season of, of, of hope. And they gave, you know, uh, General Waverly hope. And, it, and they gave to him out of their resources uh, that they weren't planning to give. And so that, that's kind of what I see in, in White Christmas. That's good. I think of that theme of hope, too, because um, I did a little bit of background reading on that uh, Peanuts uh, uh, and Charles Schultz in his desire to um, spread the good news of Christ. Um, the, the, the story behind that was in 1965, Coca-Cola approaches CBS and asks CBS, what, what do you have ready? We want to sponsor something. What do you have ready that we can do as a Christmas special? And uh, CBS just answers and says, oh yeah, we've got something. And they had nothing. <laughs> but somebody knew Charles Schultz. Well, a lot of people did because his comic strip had, had gone, gone very, very uh, nationwide. And so they approached Charles Schultz and he said, yes, yes, I'll do something. But he said on one condition, I'll do it the way I want to do it. And CBS needed it so bad because Coca-Cola was going to pay him big bucks. Um, they, they said, okay, you have free reign, Charles, go for it. Two days before it was time to air, I think it was 1965, December 13th, two days before it was aired, they, they, they took a look at it and said, there's no way this is going to work. It's mundane, it's boring, it's, it's, it's animated, it's, it's, it's Monroe, it's, it's, it's no good. The music is not Christmas, it makes no sense. And that scripture at the end, we don't stand for that. 
We're not going to have that as part of, uh, of this film. And Charles Schultz said, look, you ask me to do something, one condition is I'll do it my way. It won't air unless this airs. And he stood up strong in his faith with the hope to get the good news of Christ out there. And it's aired every year since 1965 with that message of uh, be, being clearly, clearly displayed. And I, I, I love that. I love the boldness of that. I love the evangelistic nature of that. I love, I love the, the, the subtle and beautiful way that the scripture is just presented. And, and that, that's, that's so cool. That's so cool. And if you guys have any questions about Peanuts, comics, <laughs> Ned's your guy. That's what we've learned this morning. So, Jessica, you I mean, to... I feel like you guys pay a lot more attention to movies than I do. I just watch movies and I just have fun. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not reading into all the movies like you guys are. I just watch it. I'm like, man, that character is just having a blast enjoying Christmas. And, like, they're enjoying the decorations and and just all the joy of the season. But I think that's that's kind of one of the things that, that sticks out to me is is it's a special season and it should feel special and different and and there is this like feeling of anticipation and joy that that just kind of bubbles out when you look at lots of different characters, how how there's always like the one Scrooge or something and and then there's always the character that represents like wonder of Christmas and and I think there's something to be to be learned from that which ties back to what you notice in your movies that I notice as well. But. It's good. So obviously Christmas is about more than the movies that we watch and the TV shows that we enjoy. Uh, they say something about what Christmas is, but they all really are built upon this one story that we find in the scriptures. And uh, we're going to talk about Jesus in a couple minutes, but I'd like us to just save that. So we're not going to talk about Jesus right now. Okay. The other characters in the Christmas story in the Bible, is there a particular character in the Christmas story besides Jesus that really kind of sticks out to you? Uh, maybe speaks to you personally. Maybe you've learned certain lessons as you kind of thought about the Christmas story from their perspective, but love to have you share some of that. Even this morning, I was reading in Luke and just reading Mary's story. And especially over the past couple of years, the first year that I was pregnant with Phoebe, and then last year having her, um, and even heading into this year, it just changes it. If you're a mom, you know, it just changes the story when you, when you have your own child. And, um, and I just think about like the hopes and, and fears that she had to have had as a new mom. And at the same time, how God was with her and, and all of that. And it just completely transforms the way I read that part of the story every year now. Mine was Mary as well, except for I looked at it even a little bit differently. Um, I'll get this. <laughs> Mary was young. She was scared. She was persecuted. She didn't know what the future held. I was young. I was scared. I didn't know what the future held. I was that unwed mom, not in the same way as her. I got there because of bad decisions. But when I read that story, I feel her. 
she had no clue what the future held, except for that her response, even in the midst of all of that, was, I'm your servant. I'll do what you say. And I remember kneeling at the altar. And why at that time, back in the day, <laughs> in the 80s, it's now children's ministry, but it was youth then, in 85, kneeling at that altar and saying, I see you, God. Here's my mess. Here's my brokenness. But you're still God. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with all of this. And so, just as Mary took on a new part in your life as being pregnant, she took on a new part in my life, too. And each year when I read that, and as we read through the Bible each year and we get to that part, it stirs my heart because just as God was faithful, so faithful to Mary, he's... He's been so faithful to me. And he took that brokenness and the mess and the ashes, and he made beauty out of it. I have four kids and eight grandchildren that are wonderful. They're not perfect, but they're wonderful. And they came out of the faithfulness that God brought to my life, and I'm so thankful. It's amazing reality about how God takes stuff that you wouldn't seem like he could make something beautiful out of it and he just he just does and it's one it's one of the things we learn in Christmas right Christmas is kind of this magical mysterious like miracles happen you know even in secular movies they they always make it magical right because um, there's something about Christmas that says God can do things that seem impossible. And that's the beauty of the season. Um, when I think about Mary, the character in the story that I think about a lot is the one that's the most opposite of Mary, which is Zechariah. Mary's got all the faith in the world. She's like, I'm your servant, whatever you want to do, Lord. And Zachariah's like, this could never happen. <laughs> you know, when, when God says your wife's going to be pregnant, Zachariah says, impossible, Lord, this can't happen. We're old. And th that could never happen to us. And, and he gets like 10 months of silence to reflect on what Christmas means. And just that process of of not having faith and God teaching him a lesson. Like, you really should believe I can do more than you think I can do, yeah. um, which I think is an important lesson of Christmas. You know, one of the things that stuck out to me when I was just kind of reading through that story was how that was a prayer that he prayed probably for years and years. Mm -hmm. And at the time that that prayer was answered, yeah. I'm pretty sure he wasn't, like, old and still praying for a kid. Yeah. But how God had answered that prayer years after the fact and I just I, I love that and in, ev in every one of those scenarios whether it's Mary or Zacharias or or the shepherds but in every one of those scenarios there's one common denominator that comes to them and that's an angel yeah yeah and every one of those an angel comes 
And whenever that angel comes, there was fear, there was question, what's it gonna be like? How can I, how can I have this child? How can I do this? There's Joseph saying, oh my goodness, uh, I, I, everything's at stake here. I'm, I, 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 I'm engaged to this woman and she's with child. How can I do this? Every one of them is riddled with fear. But the angel, every time, fear not. I love the angel in the Christmas story. Keep one for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to build off a little bit of Mary, but Mary's not the one I would pick uh, for myself. But with Mary, and kind of what, what you were saying was, I just think of Mary's song, that, you know, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From, for all generations, they will look at me and call me blessed. And I, I just, I wanted to add that to what you kind of said, because it was just screaming that exact song that Mary sings in Luke's gospel. Um, but for me, I, I would have to look back at the shepherds. Um, I mean, while we get Mary in the stables, treasuring and pondering things up in her heart, we see this chaos kind of rupturing in the street as we see <laughs> shepherds running around screaming the good news. Very much these shepherds were, if we really think about it, are the first evangelism, or evangelists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're going out and sharing the good news for the first time the, mm -hmm. to this hopeless generation that for 400 years has not heard a single word from God. And now here it is uh, being proclaimed to the streets of Bethlehem, which by no means was special. Mm -hmm. It was just a farming town. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think that's just something so radical. That's great. Okay, so clearly Jesus is the main character of the story. So we're gonna, we want to spend uh, the last few minutes talking about him. So when you think about a story being told... Uh, a main character tends to have some qualities. They, they overcome problems, they face challenges, and they endure, or they kind of serve as the hero. They, they fix something, or they, they overcome this insurmountable odds. Um, how does Jesus kind of fit the bill for being the main character in the story, besides the fact that he's the son of God? So we'll, we'll just delay that out there. He's the son of God, but beyond that, what are the ways he kind of fits the main character? What problems does he solve? What, what things does he overcome? I mean, I think about just in a lot of these characters, we see how there was silence, there was like outcast, there was this distance from God. And I mean, 400 years, Zachariah's years and years of praying and having no answer. And, and there's just this, this missing thing and when Jesus was born, he was that, and, and he came to be with us. And so it wasn't just like a, oh, we're, we're praying to thin air somewhere out there, um, but God sent his son to dwell with us and to be one of us. And just the, the fact that, that he would do that and fill that that void that we all need and, and it, it answers the prayers of, of all these different people, all these different stories that, that we see. They, you, you th when, you know, we are in the Marvel generation here, you know, all of us, yeah. I but I kept thinking back to um, heroes, you know, back in the day when Superman would just show up, you know, when no one was, uh, they knew that, that he could, you know. They were waiting for the Messiah. They'd been waiting for him and waiting for him and waiting for him. And, uh, but, and they expected him to come in grandeur and glory, you know, but he didn't. He was still a superhero, but he came in quietly, unexpectedly, 
and, and, and stepped into their lives and met them where they were. Mm -hmm. And people weren't, ex like you said, the, the, the shepherds, when the wise men finally caught up, they weren't <laughs> expecting to find this baby. They were expecting to find a king, you know? Yeah. And so I think of that often about, he didn't have to be like everybody else. He's a different kind of superhero. <laughs> mm -hmm. he, yep. he comes and meets us right where we are, yep. in the place where we are. And I think that that's, in, in some ways, to maybe people who have never heard of Jesus, it makes him more approachable, mm -hmm. that, that I can come. Mm -hmm. I can come to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how many of us that, that spend our time as we walk in the foyer looking for the three little girls? You know, <laughs> Lakeland and Phoebe yeah, yeah. and, you yeah, know, yeah. and sweet little Quinley. And we, we all become mushy people, you know, <laughs> because they're so precious and we just, we just are drawn into them. You know, don't you think people, it, it's, it's easy to, to be drawn into that. And he just came in su such an unassuming way mm -hmm. to welcome us, right, yeah. how we are. Makes me wonder if the wise men got mushy. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> yeah, when you when you strip away the the angels appearing to individual people and to the shepherds in the field, uh, and obviously the star that led the wise men, really Jesus' origin story to kind of use the Marvel superhero mm -hmm. language, mm -hmm. uh, it's it is pretty unassuming. Could anything good come from Nazareth? I mean, when he, when he finally begins his public ministry, people don't believe it's worth anything because of where he comes from, right? And, uh, and it is this story of God becoming so human that he just blends in for 30 years. He's just so much one of us that people are just like, yeah, that's Jesus. He lives down the street. Until, until he reveals himself to be the savior of the world. Um, so it's a pretty powerful, I think, story. Yeah. To, to keep on with the, the Marvel superhero <laughs> kind of theme we're going with here. It's not a Christmas one. Well, I mean, there's snow in spider There's got to be a Christmas um, scene in a Marvel movie somewhere. Got to be. Yeah. So. Um, but no, I think of like when you said like hero, like I think of Spider-Man. And the reason for that is because he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, he's not one of your big superheroes. He's one of just the ones who just looks after the city of New York. Yeah. Um, and I think of Jesus uh, just being the friendly neighborhood Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not what we expected. He's not a king. When the eternal son of God became incarnate, he, he didn't come as a king. Um, he simply just came as a baby, which completely throws everybody off. Um, but the fact is when he grows up, he could have very well went and took that crown that he deserved, but he didn't. He remained lowly, um, mm -hmm. I think, of the Philippians passage with that. But um, it's just that idea. Like, Jesus was there for the people who were lowly in society. I mean, if we go back to the angels, they come to the shepherds, which mm -hmm. are also the lowest on the totem pole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The good news wasn't given to the kings of the time. It was given to the lowest of people. Uh, why? Because those are the people who had the most to benefit from the good news. That's lowly. So, yeah. Something I marvel at, and not even from the Marvel. <laughs> something I marvel at is um, in 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 quest for finding hope and 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 finding meaning and finding security in life. Um, it's very easy to turn to a lot of the world's ways. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to to go down some paths that aren't going to lead to what you're really searching for. And I think just, again, 
when I mentioned earlier about Linus throwing down his blanket at that point when Jesus just, the angels just proclaim what Jesus came to do. And that was to help us to put our security in something that's eternal, something that's everlasting, something that brings hope, something that we won't find in this world, but we'll find it in him. And that might be oversimplifying the whole the whole story, but that's the crux of the matter, and I marvel at that. Yeah. I marvel at that. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, we are out of time for today. Can we thank these individuals for being willing to share with us? So each week of this series, want to just take a couple of minutes right after the conversation just to try to draw together some of the themes maybe that you heard uh, in that conversation. And I just want to pick up on something Keaton said right at the end about the Philippians passage. It's one of the passages that I always reflect on when it comes to Christmas Uh, Philippians chapter 2, it's a letter in the New Testament written to a group of Christ followers in the city of Philippi. And uh, the guy who wrote it, his name is Paul, and he writes to these Christians. And as he's writing to them, he talks about Jesus. And this is what he says about Jesus. He says that Jesus did not consider his equality with God something to be held onto or grasped. Instead, he let it go. He emptied himself and he took on human form. That's exactly what Keaton was referring to when he was talking about the Philippians passage, the incarnation of God, the the fact that God who didn't need to become one of us would become one of us. And why would he do that? It's all because of love all because of love. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And Jesus so loved us that he willingly obeyed the Father. Philippians chapter two says, he took on human form and he became a servant and then he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Why would Jesus do that? Because he wants to redeem us, because he loves us. See, the reality is, is that the reason there is a Christmas is because you and I as human beings, we have sin in our lives. And I know sin's not a word we'd like to talk about, but the reality is, is that the word sin literally means just missing the mark. It's like when you shoot an arrow, you aim it at a target. And if that arrow veers away from the target, it misses the mark. That's all sin is. God has a plan for our lives. He aims us at a target and says, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want to do with your life. But we all veer off the path. We miss the mark. It's just part of being human. And if you don't believe that, if you're a parent, just remember how much you had to teach your kid to do things you didn't want them to do. You didn't have to teach them at all, did you? They figured out how to disobey you on their own. Do you know why? Because they're good at missing the mark. Do you know why? They're humans, just like us. We all sin, the scriptures say. But here's the beautiful thing about God, and this is why we have Christmas. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still missing the mark, Christ died for us. 
Jesus became human and lived just a life that kind of blended in with his surroundings until he was 30. And then he began his public ministry. And three years after beginning his public ministry, do you know what Jesus did? He gave his life. Because he wasn't born to live. He was born to die. He was born to give his life as a ransom for our sin, for us missing the mark. And because of that, we can have a relationship with God. So this morning, I wanna just invite us to take a moment of reflection. You've heard the conversation. You've had some time maybe to think about what Philippians 2 communicates to us, but I'd love for us just to bow our heads and close our eyes and take just a moment this morning. Some of you here in this room, perhaps most of you here in this room are followers of Jesus Christ. You've already received the saving work that Jesus made possible through his life and his death and his resurrection. And you have been walking with him in your life. And I wanna just encourage you this Christmas season Can you increase your gratitude and your thanksgiving this year? To be thankful over and over and over again and in more profound and substantial ways, maybe than you've ever been before, that God would take on human flesh, make his dwelling among humanity to redeem us from our sin. If you're already walking with God this Christmas season, would you increase your gratitude? Let that be your gift back to God for the gift of salvation that he's given to you. There may be other people who are in this room today who have never accepted what Jesus has made possible through his life, his death, and his resurrection. And if you're here today and you've never accepted the gift of salvation that Jesus offers to you, I want to give you a chance to do that today. There's no pressure for you to do that, and I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. But if you're here today and you think to yourself, you know what, I wanna, I wanna make a decision to receive the work of Christ in my life. All I want you to do right where you're at, and again, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. But I'd love for you just right where you're at to just raise your hand so that I can acknowledge that you're making a commitment to Christ and I'd love to just pray for you today. So if you're here and you wanna accept Jesus, just raise your hand. There's a hand right here. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Again, I'm not going to embarrass you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else this morning? God, for these who have raised their hand, I just want to lift them to you. I want to ask you, God, to draw close to each and every one of them. And if you did raise your hand this morning, you can just pray a prayer like this one. You can repeat after me. You can say it out loud or you can say it just to yourself before the Lord right now. But just simply pray, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for loving me enough to provide a way for me to be saved. I confess, Lord, that I have missed the mark in my life. And I'm grateful that you've provided a way for me to be put back on target again. So today, I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive my sins and change my life and help me live every day fully for you. Come now and be my Lord and be my Savior. 
And if you prayed that prayer this morning, know this, that to all who believe in him, he gives them the right to be called the children of God. And right now, you are a child of God. Your sins have been forgiven and your life has been changed. And you are beginning a journey of walking with Jesus to become everything that he wants you so God, I pray for all of us today. Would you help each and every one of us to reflect on this story, to understand more and more of what Christmas means and to let it change our lives. God, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Congregation, can we celebrate what God's doing among us?